The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, this is Mike Rogers with another great Welsh Wire conversation sponsored by the Family Business Alliance. Now, here's Sherry Welsh. Today, we're joined with our friend, Dr. Dino Signori of the Signori Group in our podcast that's co-produced with our friends from the Family Business Alliance. Dino, welcome to the Welsh Wire. Hi, Sherry. I'm excited to be here. Glad to have you with us today. We're going to talk about six strategy questions every business must answer. But before we get into that, we want to know more about the Signori Group. Tell us about who you are, what you do, how you got started, Dino. Well, the Signori Group is uh, my own uh, private practice. I've uh, got a wide range of clients from uh, for-profit to non-profit. Uh, primarily, I uh, work in strategic facilitation for them and helping them find their vision and their strategy and where they want to take their companies. Wonderful. What, how many years have you been doing this now? Uh, Signori Group was formed probably 10 years ago. And before that, I was doing, I had a different uh, uh, name for another company. So right. Probably almost 20 years now, I've been doing it. Uh, started a while back when people started asking me to come in and do uh, more direct work with them. And so it's kind of how it has gone. And it's evolved into that. Mm-hmm. So you have said that a strategy, having a strategy is so important for a growing company. So do growing companies get this right? Well, sometimes they do. Uh, my, okay. my experience is that, that, Quite often, many of them don't, and and the uh, growth has has sometimes surprised them. Uh, ah. I mean, when you're first starting off as as a startup, you you probably are just creating sales, and you know, and that's what you need. And then as you get a little bit more behind, you get into that growth mode. Uh, sometimes they get so busy they don't have time to make that plan, mm. so they they're, they're caught working so much in the business that they're not getting a chance to work on it. So strategy is something that uh, they they need to do. Right, they just kind of lose sight of that. Maybe they had a strategy when they got started, and along the way, sort of got lost. So, yep. so um. Why Why do we need a plan? I mean, what, tell us about that. Why is that so important foundationally? Well, it, it helps people uh, that you have in your company uh, you know, become aligned with where you are going. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, the, the role of the leader is to set that vision, that big picture where they want the company to go. Uh, when these companies are beginning to grow for the first time, uh, the, everything feels like it's urgent. You know, everything is just right. – their hair is on fire. They're just running after the next thing. And, yeah. and that's all right for a period of time. But they have to every once in a while pause and, and – and step back and work on what's important in the company. And, and having a strategic vision, you know, a long range plan, uh, where you want to go is where you would start. And then you have to be thinking about how does that apply to what we're doing today? So right. You look futuristic and you come back to where you are today. Right. It just gives people kind of that, that, that plan, that guideline, that outline. Here's that touch point, go. so the to speak. Yeah. Point. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's not like you etch this in stone and you, and you say, here, we're going to follow this exactly for the next five years. Because it doesn't always go that way. You have to be able to be adaptive and nimble and change it. So it's a, it's actually a way of thinking as well as having actually a written plan. So right, yeah. right. And you had shared with us too earlier that sometimes when you work with companies, they're in various states of a plan. They may have a plan mm-hmm. that they're not following. They have no plan at all. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of times when you're working with companies, they're all over the continuum mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with where they're at. They may have tried something and it didn't work. 
Yeah, that's always the fun part when you first begin to uh, find out where they are. It's like, well, what are you working on? And you want to look at, uh, have you got a plan? And sometimes you find that you know they, they don't at all, and that's why they've called me, and they want to mm-hmm. know, hey, can you help us do this? Sometimes they've, they've, they've got a plan, but, but it's not adaptive, and they need to change it. They don't know how to change it. So, um, sometimes they, they don't even have a model. They don't, that's their biggest issue. Like, well, what model do we follow if we're going to you know, create strategy? So I can come in and give them you know, a, a, a sort of quick assessment. Here's where I think you, know, you are, but here's a model model we can use and so that we can begin to you know create that vision so, right uh, and, and that that's usually a, a great starting point for that, that can help a lot sure and you've got some very well defined thoughts about strategy some ideas about what it is and also what it isn't tell yeah. us a bit about that you know well, think about also too what the, re- the leader's role is i believe is, is a place to go to so mm-hmm. uh, this, the founder the ceo of the company i think that they're primarily jobs are, are to set this vision. That's really where they should be mostly uh, thinking. And sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. Yeah. Um, they've got to, once they've set that vision, then they start building their management team around that. And that word building is kind of an interesting uh, piece. Uh, then they have to orchestrate change. And that could be the hardest part for them is that now something's going to change. Sure. Their role, their people's role all has to change. And then what comes after that is uh, dealing with and managing conflict. How do they manage through conflict is what they kind of look at. Uh, and so, what I think should be done with strategy, first off, is I believe you need to have outside help doing it. Um, it's it's rather difficult to to do it by yourself. It's 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 not as effective if the if the CEO does it, you know, by by himself. Uh, and and even when they involve their team, still having somebody from the outside to be objective is is also a good idea. To yeah, have that, that helps, doesn't it? Yeah, no, another set of eyes and ears looking at the situation very differently. We kind of get myopic when we. But we can, yeah. and, because there's two parts of strategy. There's an external analysis and there's an internal analysis. Mm-hmm. And most uh, entrepreneurs, founders, small companies, I know they're really good at looking at that externally to their company, looking for opportunities. But when you you have to open up the hood of the engine and yes. look inside, then things are, you know, all bets are off at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, for yeah. sure, for sure. You've said that strategy is not an event. Right. It's a way of thinking. That's right. Tell us more about that. Well, I think, the what you typically find is people will say, "Well, we've got our annual event scheduled, and we did strategy that well last January. We did it last year. We put it on a whiteboard. We wrote down ten things we want to do. We're right. good. Yeah, we're we good. And it's like, you know, that, yeah, you probably that's that's more tactical than it is. Uh-huh. You know, that's you just, right. You, you schedule something. That's fine. Right. Uh, but strategy is an executive way of thinking. And and I, when you see when I work with a lot of those the smaller firms, that's yet what they're developing is that ability to think strategically because you have to do it all the time. Yes. So it's if so part of what I do is I, I have the model and I try to teach the model so that they can continue to do it all the time because it has to have this, this continuity aspect to it. It has to be constantly done. Right. So. Right. I've worked before with the concept of uh, real-time strategic planning. I'm sure you've probably heard about that too. Mm-hmm. So you know, you, when you have that vision, that mission, that touch point for who you are and who you want to become, right. and you're funneling every action and every activity through that and saying, does that match? In real time, you're constantly updating Right. The strategy when it becomes a way of thinking as opposed to 10 items on a board. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, that's almost too easy. That's right, like, that's exactly. something you're just kind of constantly working with. And everybody on the management team needs to do that. And I, yeah. That word building a management team, is, this is part of it, helping them think strategically. You know, So what, what I think people feel like is an event or they think about it, they, they confuse tactics with strategy. Oh, for sure. Right. And, you know, so that, that to me, strategy, when I first start talking with a company, I'll, I'll tell them a couple of things. I'll say, you know, first off, uh, I, I'm assuming that you want your company to be alive for five years from now. 
assumption right. I'm making, you know, to make sure that I'm clear <laughs> on that. And usually, they, yeah, I do. Okay. Oh, of course. So I want to check. Uh, so, you know, and I believe that uh, uh, the external environment that you're working in, almost every industry, every business, is not necessarily friendly. It, it can be hostile. Yeah. And, and it's it's trying to eventually take you out. As a yeah, company. someone's out there trying to eat your lunch. Come on. That's right. Yeah. So, so strategy tells us how to stay alive. Yeah. You know, in the future. So, strat- so I say, what yeah. if, strategy has nothing to do with what you're doing today. Today's, today's tactical. What we're doing today is tactical. Strategy about, is about what you're going to do next year, mm-hmm. five years from now, and all those plans going forward into the future. That is strategy. Right. Right. So strategy is all about the future. Mm-hmm. You talk about the importance of setting goals. Yep. Setting policy. It can be about policy. Too. Uh, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be about that. It can be a little bit about finding effic- inefficiencies. Uh, but it's really first off a place of starting that big, a hairy, audacious goal. Mm-hmm. You know, where does that founder, where does that owner of the company, where does that CEO want the company to be five years from now? Because it's about the future. Right. So that's what they have to think first. It's very difficult for a lot of people to be able to find that. It has to be something that feels like it's a stretch, that it may scare them a little bit. Uh, that that, but sure. it, it has to also be measurable. It has to be realistic. But it should make them feel in their in their gut like a little uneasy. Like that would be a big stretch for us to do that. You set that first, and that's five years from now, ten years from now, and then at that point, then you begin working back. You know to to the current time you're in right. right now. Everything flows toward that. Right. Piece by piece. How it's do like we get there? Shot thinking is basically what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about having those commitments too mm-hmm. along the way, being committed to the actions necessary to get there. Yeah. That's kind of the crux of it, right? I mean, it's all great if you make the whole plan, but if you're not committed and holding each other accountable. Usually what you hear uh, is that that's where uh, any strategic plan begins to fall apart. Yeah. And it, 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 maybe it's entropy. I'm not sure what it is. But, <laughs> but, it, but it basically is that people say, I can't have my people are not accountable. They're not, they're not committed to it. There could be reasons. I mean, mm-hmm. and, uh, it may be that they haven't got, been skilled at how they actually manage through the, uh, the process, but it could also be that you didn't involve them in the strategy. Oh, in, yeah. In the plan itself. And, uh, and one of the things I always advise is that if you're going to increase your probability of success in having your strategic plan implemented, you want to try to involve as many people as you can in yes. the process. Because people feel much more motivated when they've had at least a, a, some uh, a contribution themselves to where th- their own goals are. So Right. And, and God forbid that they might contribute something that you hadn't thought of before. For right? Eureka, yeah. right? Yeah. I, yeah. You know, mind blowing. Exactly. Your, your, your group is probably almost always smarter than any one individual. For real. Right. So that that is a, uh, an idea. Let's take advantage of that. Let's find that at resource. You're paying people for their minds. Use them. Yeah. yeah. Bring them in. So along the way, with all the work you've done in strategy with companies, you've developed six strategy questions mm-hmm. that you think every business must answer if they're really going to be successful. Yeah. So walk us through. What, what's sure. question number one? Question number one is uh, basically is what's coming our way, uh, because strategy is about the future, right? So, so we have to think about how, how do we think about the future? I mean, the future mm-hmm. is uncertain. The only thing we know about the future is right. that it's coming our way. We don't know what it's going to bring. So, so what you you have is a, a, a dimensions that you look at to be able to think like a futurist is what I would do. It's a way I I, I have to get them in that mindset of how how do how do futures do their work, and we need to become futurists ourselves. So, you use the macro environment aspect, and you think about these different dimensions from the the demographic changes that are taking place to uh, technology uh, changes taking place there. Where is the economy at right now? Where is it going to be five years from now? A year from now? looking at demographics and you're looking at these different dimensions and you're saying, okay, what are the trends we see right now? Will that continue up or is it going to decline? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then is it, is it an opportunity for us or is it a threat? 
Ah, yes. So, so that, that if you're familiar with the SWOT analysis, this you is bet. where you begin to say, okay, that's an opportunity. Let's move toward it, uh, or it's a threat. Let's get away from that and, and try to avoid what's coming in the future. And it's a practice. It's you know, over and over again. So you, you, you. It's, it's a lot of fun when you give people the framework to do it. Yeah. Think about the future. Yeah, very interesting. And I can see how oh, uh, bringing a team together to really work on that would be terrific because you get so many different perspectives segments of the business that they represent. Wow. You could bring a lot to the table in that phase. So you and, really got to ask that question. What's coming our way? And every industry is, is different. You know, every company is different because, because something for, for you, this might be an opportunity for me. It might be a threat. Yeah. So we have to kind of think about that and how that ends up affecting us directly. And so, and you can't change those macroeconomic trends. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't really influence them. I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do. All you can do is begin to anticipate them. Right. So why you have to think like a futurist. Right. Anticipate what could happen here. Right. Oh, and that's not be great. Excited by something that's coming your way. That's what you see mostly with uh, companies have failed is because that something has happened in the macro environment that's taken them out. Yeah, they they failed to notice it before it was too late. Yep. Mm. Yep. So the second question you said is, what is happening to us? That's the other question they need to answer. Sure. Tell us about that. So in both these first two questions are really about the external environment, uh, and, you know, and, and it's outside of your organization, right? If I didn't say that, that's what that is. This is, and the first one you can't do too much about. The second question is more what's going on in the industry that you're in, so you have a little bit more control on it. Mm. So it's based on uh, Michael Porter's work. Uh, he's you know from Harvard. He's looked at this for many many years. And there are these five forces that actually uh, uh, can, can explain your ability to be competitive and give you a competitive advantage. And so there are uh, ways to, to, to break that into an analytical framework. And you're looking at your relationships between uh, your, your suppliers that you, you, you mm-hmm. actually uh, bring inputs into your company uh, and the, your, your buyers. And there's a uh, what we call a power relationship. Basically, it's a negotiation power that you have over them or they have over you. Right. Matters. And you have to kind of look at that and say, are there these? You know, are these good for us or bad for us? Is a really big question. And it, a lot of times, if it's the very first time, a lot of uh, executives I've worked with are actually applying this theory, and they and they like it. They go, oh, I thought about something. I could really improve my margins if I did this. Yes. You know, you don't want to see companies get in trouble when they have one large buyer that dominates what they're doing, and it can be put them in a, a bad spot. Exactly. Um, there is the, uh, the the threat of new entrants into your industry or into your market. And that is one that really takes out companies very fast if they if they don't have a barrier to prevent these companies from coming in and taking part of the business. So they have to think about what can they do to prevent and create these walls so those 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 uh, those competitors don't come in. Right, <laughs> right, so important. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's that there's five different dimensions there you look at and the competitive nature of uh, of your industry. So they're all a little different, yep. but it gives you at least some action steps to take to. To move through for yourself. sure, yeah, and and I can see how day to day it becomes difficult for companies to really drill down and spend time on this. Sure. So you're raising, you're calling the question out. Spend some time, look at this. What are those five forces? Are you examining that? What is happening to us right now yeah. in real time? That's mm-hmm. great. What's the third question that they should ask? Uh, well, the third question is is how do I actually go out and compete for the market? Um, and, and and this is determining, you know, your your business level strategy is what it's referred to. So how are you going out there and, and trying to win that customer, or trying to to, to, to uh, fend off the competition? And there's really only one or two choices you make. Uh, and one is called a cost leadership approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, think think like Walmart, that they compete for the market based upon price. Right. Uh, and, and the other is called the product differentiation uh, approach. And and think like Apple. That's how I said that's the two places to think about. You know, one is going to be very sensitive to price, and they're, and they're very focused on efficiency 
overseas and being uh, very effective in that area. And it's always about watching, uh, you know, their expenses. And so they're very right. they're much operationally focused. Yep. Uh, product differentiators uh, don't compete on price, right? They continue to add value. Uh, they are innovating all the time. Yes. They then have to tell the world about it if they have a strong marketing department. Uh, yep. Most uh, emerging companies who are in what I call that growth mode, that second stage mode, they're probably product differentiators already. Right. That's how they got in. Exactly. And, yeah. And so, so their temptations are not to become cost leaders before they're ready to. We can't do what Michael Porter says. We can't straddle. You can't be both. You don't. You pick a lane. You're either one or the other. Because then you align your whole organization around that, and right. all the way down to to your HR department, knowing who to hire, and how to train, and all that wonderful stuff. If you've picked the lane that you're in, and then right. say, stay in the lane. <laughs> right. Going to grow the company. But I can see how over time the pressure would come to cross into one side or the other and make that shift. And very subtly, you find yourself in a place where you ought not to be. So it becomes sure. really important to define who you are. The rules of the game are different on both sides there. Right? Yes. So, so it's two different games. And, it, and if you don't know the rules of the game, you're going to be, you're going to be surprised in a bad way if you, if you drift. You know, all of a sudden now you say, oh, I'm competing on price. If you're not geared for that, there are a lot of very big uh, other competitors out there who are. Right. And, and, and they will, they'll take your lunch. Yeah. Fast. Oh, yeah. They'll uh, take you out. Yep. Yep. And so we, we, we see that that's where sometimes companies have got themselves into a, a difficult position when they've, when they've drifted. I call it strategic drift. They've drifted over. They gradually yeah. got a, a very large customer came their way and they go, oh, well, we can drop our price to go there. Yeah. And then we'll drop our price a bit more. And then all of a sudden they're, they're moving over there a little too fast and they're, and then they don't know how to get back. Right. <laughs> right. That's a problem for yeah. sure. Yeah. What's the other question that, that we need to answer? You say what the fourth question, what? Can we do well? What can what can we do is is really now looking at uh, where are um you know, where are we producing value and so so that's the hardest part most companies uh, end up encountering is that when they talk about well we could do all these things and yes we should be doing these things but then what are you actually capable of doing uh huh yeah you know? and so it's like okay you know we that's the hardest part because that's I think where an outside facilitator is going to come in and help you. Take a clear-eyed view of that. It's like, okay, you say you want to do this, but actually when I'm looking at your your value chain analysis here, looking at where value is produced, looking at the way your organization is designed and laid out, I don't know if you can do that. Yeah. You have to you have to move away from wishful thinking. You gotta say, no, what are we actually capable of doing? I mean, so so you know, I I know that I should probably run more often, you know, as to stay physically in good shape. But sure. I, I Shouldn't we all, Doctor Dino? Like, let's be honest about I that. This, I know the shoulds, but I, can I actually <laughs> do it? Uh, different story, right? And so that's the hard part for a lot of CEOs. To say we need to look at what we actually can do. So in this case, we try to isolate down what is it that your company is actually good at doing. What can what can you do? And then and then exploit that you know, and, and stay in that area. So a value chain analysis is a, is the exercise there. You you begin to look at you know what is your company? How are you aligned right now? Present today? And then and that's what you're trying to become. Okay, we now know where you want how you want to build your company. Sure, sure. And question number five you suggest is well, that's that's what is our true uh, 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 competitive advantage? What what separates us from our competition? What gives mm. us that advantage? And it comes from a core competency, and that that is developed over a period of time. And what we what we do in this model is that we we begin to say, okay, we, you have certain resources that you have access to as a company. You've taken those resources, you've combined them together. And now you have a capability. But resources and capabilities by themselves are not going to give you an advantage of your competition. It's only after a period of time where they become uh, core competencies. Right, right. Large companies, even the largest ones, even the apples of the world out there and the WalMarts, probably only have maybe three or four core competencies. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
So, so a small company is maybe going to have one. Mm-hmm. They might not have one yet at all. So you want to say, okay, this is what we do best. This is what we're going to stick to doing. And we've developed that because you're investing your time and your resources to really honing that core competency. Once you get it down, once you know, this is what we do, uh, it usually comes out of your value chain analysis and what you've been doing for a while. Yep. Now you start saying, okay, that's the part that you leverage. Yes. You know, continually over and over. When you try to get a new market or a new customer, that's what you lead with. That's what you market with. That's what you do. And that works well. Yep. It's very hard to get it though. But it's, Oh, it's I bet it is. I bet it is. And the last question that they should ask themselves is- then It's like, what are the action steps? What are you going to do? Now, yeah. What are you going to do with what it? Now what? And at that point, we then start getting into- uh, I, I, I talk a language of we're identifying projects that we want to pick out that we're going to take this project on or we're going to take this challenge on or we're going to identify this rock whatever but it's actually uh, business language is defining objectives what are your mm-hmm. what are your defining objectives that you're going to look at for the next six months next year next couple of years and and then now you start getting into detailing out exactly what is in that defining objective mm-hmm. who's going to do it when you're going to do it how's it going to be done the tactical the steps tactical the accountability steps all of that yeah that 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 should be your last re- uh, uh, product is you've got this list of defining objectives that you're working on yeah yeah so to go over that again the six strategy questions every business has to answer to be successful. In the absence of this, you you need some work on your strategy. You maybe don't have a strategy. One is what's coming our way. Two is what's happening to us. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Three is how are we competing for the market, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Four is what can we do? Mm-hmm. Five is what's our true competitive advantage? And then lastly, you say, so now what? What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do with that? And you know if you can answer those questions and answer them well and then start to execute, mm-hmm. you've got a good strategy there. These are tough questions. Tough questions. And you haven't really got into you know what happens to uh, the, the, the change that needs to take place in the company as you move toward that. Because people right. do say the execution part of strategy is sometimes the hardest part. Oh, my I gosh. Agree. For sure. I agree it is. For it's, sure. It's a whole other step. Right. But this is a process for our listeners to consider and really look at their own operations and say, where are we in this? Are we doing this right? Are we getting this right? Our listeners may have questions for you, Dr. Dino, and want to know how you do what you do or want to know just a little bit more about what we talked about today. If they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and talk with you? Uh, I, they can they can call me, uh, and I can give you the number if you'd like to have sure. it. Sure. Uh, uh, 269-277-2717. Or email me. I'm always checking email. It's uh, my first name, D- Dino, D-I-N-O, at uh, signorigroup.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today, Dr. Dino Signori of the Signori Group. Our podcast today done in conjunction with our friends from the Family Business Alliance. Thanks for being with us, Dino. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.